Hi everyone and welcome back to That Was The Worst Podcast Ever. Today we're looking at Sufjan's biggest breakout hit, Illinois. Will this be our biggest breakout hit? We'll wait and see. Hey, I'm here with uh, Jordan Clausen, my co-host. I'm Justin Bills. Hey, Jor, how's it going? Good. I didn't know that I was your co-host. We're both co-hosts. That's oh, how I've. We're that's each how other's we co-hosts. Do yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, there's no host. Oh, okay. It's not Justin Bills with co-hosts. I'm not like the Robin to your Batman. Are you kidding me? With our egos, we we just have to split it fifty-fifty. Yeah, that's true. To save this friendship. Yeah, that's fair. Um, oh, that reminds me. I posted our episode to Twitter, and this guy asked me to be on his podcast, talk to talk about Michigan. Wow. And. I know, but, but I don't think me. he listened. Well, he didn't listen to the episode at all. He was just searching like Sufjan Stevens, Michigan, and like replying to everybody's tweets. Oh, um, but I honestly felt like I was cheating on you. I was like, I can't do that without Jordan. And so I replied, and I was like, Well, I host this with my friend Jordan, and <laughs> and so I no. felt like this fidelity to you, you that I couldn't. You needn't. You needn't. I would understand. Well, I don't think I'm gonna do it. I mean, I just. I don't have the time. Is that the only fan but, mail you've got? We should. We're gonna start, yeah, to start doing a fan mail um, section so, segment you of get, this podcast. You get fan mail. I've gotten a few letters. Yeah, that's uh, pretty great. Uh, some, a few critiques. One guy was like, really, really sweet dude. Was just like, I totally get your guys. I feel like we 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 hit this like really specific niche of kind of like. Born and raised evangelicals <laughs> in the 90s who, like, kind of, like, went through the hipster thing and now are just kind of, like, you know, sad dads. Yes. Um, and so I've gotten a few emails from those guys. Um, one of the guys was pretty upset. Maybe we, I don't know if we've talked about this, but one of the guys was quite upset that we haven't um, done in, um, Enjoy Your Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. I know, and that made me feel kind of bad, but what is there to say how do we do an episode on that yeah i mean i i he was like this this really affected sufian's later work and i agree that's probably true i just to me it's like i just don't even like listening to it i i do like 60 seconds of it and i'm like (laughs) time for something else exactly maybe we need like if we were gonna do it maybe we need to get him on but that's a good idea and maybe he can help help us enjoy it. But, yeah, yeah I just... All I could say about it is, meh. Yeah. He yeah. made an electronic album. Yeah, but we've, a, he's a got a few ago. more mess, to be honest, don't you think? We're going to have to do the BQE eventually. Oh. Well, yeah. the B, Yeah. Do we need to? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I think we do. Okay. I don't think we can just skip... We can't just skip now. We have to stay on the timeline. It's it's easy if the like the first one, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, like the Beatles were the Quarrymen. If the Quarrymen have a record, we could skip the Quarrymen because it's the first Beatles music and start with the first <laughs> record, you know. But with this, you can't just like take, you know, Abbey Road and not, if you don't like it, and just not do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and if it's at the beginning, you can skip it. But if it's in the <laughs> middle, you can't, basically. I know what you mean. And we've got so many fans that are just dying for more episodes. We're going to have to stretch this thing out. <laughs> yeah. I'm already looking for ways. We'll do a whole episode, like, on the OC soundtrack that Sufjan was on. Oh, yeah. Great, great <laughs> idea. Um, Jorah, just quickly, how's your dry... Uh, January going or what do you call it? Yeah, so, uh, or sober January. Yeah, yeah. Are, have you broken it yet? No, no. Like it's funny actually. Like I'm not actually a super disciplined person, but I do find that when I make kind of a resolve like this, especially if I'm doing it with my partner, um, it's it's not that hard to do. It's more yeah. just kind of like crappy when you're like, uh, it's it's harder when there's no COVID and you like want to hang out with your pals. And then you're like, well, what should we do? And you can't, like, go to the pub. You just have to, like, I don't know. One time I went, we did this a couple years ago, and I went over to my friend Taylor's house, and we made hot chocolate. That's kind of lame, you know? That's pretty lame, Jar. <laughs> you know you can go to a pub and get, like, a seltzer water. You could. And that'd be cool. You think it would be cool? Yeah, with a bit of lime, and you're like, I'm on a diet. That's all you have to say. <laughs> Actually, we did go out for a nice dinner two nights ago to this place um, near Nathan's house, actually. Um, oh, you guys don't know who Nathan is yet. Well, hang on. Anyway, and uh, yeah, it was like a, a nice Italian place. We couldn't order wine, so we got these like spritzer with hibiscus, kind of like fancy $5 each drinks. Oh my gosh. Did the waiter give you a wedgie? Because you were such a dork. <laughs> she ought I'm to just have. kidding. No, it's true. It's fair. No, I'm kidding. Being sober is very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't miss anything. Also, I just, <laughs> I just fill that void now with other things like snacks, crispy minis, and the Bachelor. And the Bachelor. We're we're on like we're really into British television right now, so we're watching these panel shows. Like what? Like would I lie to you? Have you ever heard of that one? No. Oh, it's, is that where somebody tells a lie and or what? Yeah. And yeah. they have to decide? Yeah. It's kind what? of like comedians. It's like British comedians. It's basically like improv television around the structure of a game show. Wow. You and Olivia just have uh, interesting tastes. What is that supposed to mean? You guys watch a show called Engaged in in three days <laughs> it's called 90 day fiance and it has many spin-offs and every hour is two hours or every episode is two hours oh wow but jordan you judge me for watching it but i know like 12 years ago when you judged me for watching the bachelor but then you watched five minutes of it got sucked in and now 12 years later you love it yeah i'm part of bachelor nation <laughs> what do you think of this bachelor I mean, we need to start another podcast, to be frank, but... We could do a Bachelor podcast. <laughs> um, I think... I don't know. They're like, yeah, I think it's great that they have, like, a person of color, finally. It's, like, the whitest show ever. But, mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I, I still think he's kind of a boring guy. Like, I just, uh, I just... I love him. I think he's great. Oh, okay. He's so sweet. He, he is sweet. I, I just... I guess I just, like... It's always just kind of, like pretty rich like ripped you know 30 year old dude who just was like 
I don't know, just kind of like classic bro, which fine, it's fine. That's good. That I love those people too. I just wish they'd mix it up a little bit more. Like, why couldn't they have like I don't know, like a like a really sad, you know, thirty five year old ex hipster who like writes songs and makes like eight thousand dollars a year. Describing yourself. <laughs> You're just describing yourself. <laughs> and when you were a bachelor, I can't tell you how many times Courtney and I were like, we've got to get Jordan to be the next bachelor. Oh, yeah. But thank God you met your wife, because I think that's going to work out better for you. <laughs> it might. It might. But jo- Jordan, this bachelor led them all in prayer. Oh, that was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> And they all, like, loved him for it. They were like, oh, my gosh, he led us in prayer. Yeah, this girl, like, holding this, like, wagging dildo. (laughs) (laughs) That's her thing in the show. And she's, like, tears up when he says a prayer. (laughs) It was a real juxtaposition. (laughs) And uh, I know one girl was like, that was so sweet. Another girl was like... Are you religious? She's like, no, but that was just so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, Jordan, we actually have a very special guest with us today. We mm-hmm. Our very first guest on the podcast. Do you want to introduce? Yeah. So this next, um, or this next special guest, or our first special guest ever, um, is a man of many talents, um, I've known him for a long time, been one of my best pals since I was a teenager. Um, he is a teacher, he is a dancer, he is a musician, he is a, uh, he likes to tickle the ivories, he loves to trade jabs with his pals. Um, <laughs> I actually, they're, they're like, I always tell people when I introduce them to Nathan that he is the person I know who would most easily fit into the Royal Tenenbaums because he kind of has just all these like random things that he does like really well. Oh yeah. He's a magician. He, he'll he just be like, yeah, you know, like just kind of like these, I don't, I want to use the word quirky, but like, he's just very like, he, he has all these, this weird, very wide, diverse um, spectrum of interests and hobbies that he's like really good at. Um, wow. Yeah, like like a Royal Tenenbaums character, or you know, just like yeah, like like I'll I'll come I'll go over to Nathan's house and there's this big bear rug on the floor and he'll be sitting there, I don't know, like <laughs> practicing a magic trick. It's like, <laughs> hey man, like that's just totally normal. So, um, that all to say, um, he's a pal. And he's here to talk about, oh yeah, him and I um, also were kind of fell in love with Illinois, come on, feel the Illinois at the same time we were in the same town. And um, so, yeah, thought he'd be a great person to come on and talk about it. Um, so everyone welcome Mr. Nathan John Most to the podcast. Woo-hoo! Hey guys, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't listened to Illinois for about 10 years before this podcast. I had to do a lot of research. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's good because my research was skimming the Wikipedia page as you guys were coming on to Zoom. <laughs> I haven't looked at anything. I when so, when Jordan invited me, I was kind of like, but like Jordan, I don't know anything about this anymore. Like 
I I mean, it's been like I don't know when. Like I think you had mentioned in a previous op- podcast episode how like um, the way you feel music when you're younger uh, during like kind of those coming of age years and teenage years or early university like it's super powerful and you get that album and you're going over the liner notes and you're reading the lyrics as you listen to it for the first time. It's like I I haven't done that for for years. You know, like I did like it in general. Yeah, 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 I just don't. Um, and so I think it, it was interesting to even go back to the album and and go over some of the lyrics and be like, oh, actually, like based on a bit of life experience or, or, or knowledge that I've gained, like hmm, I, I have a better understanding of these lyrics than I even did maybe back then too, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to go back to those albums. And I think uh, I had mentioned to Justin just before we started, um, since um, getting married with my wife and, and moving in with her, I found myself a lot of times going back to to these albums in a sort of a, a reset uh, as we started a new life together. It'd be like, oh, let's let's listen to things like Iron and Wine and Stars and Sufjan Stevens as kind of like mm-hmm. um, to, to to kind of set the mood in the house. But again, going back to when I was about twenty two and like, hey, this was my life at this time. Saya, um, that can, is my wife. Do you think this entire podcast is just us getting older? And not being able to like come to terms with it, and then just like fantasizing about how awesome life was when we were younger. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good assessment. I think. It's like, remember when we used to sit around and listen to Sufjan Stevens, and life was simple and easy. <laughs> I, I there think, was no COVID. Yeah. I think for me too, there's a, there's a real like I I didn't know. I think there was a real motivation to 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 accept um, Jordan's invitation too because. Um, I ended up listening to the 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 podcast uh, recently, and so I, I said, okay, well, if I'm going to come on, I should probably listen t- to it, because Jordan had been <laughs> repeatedly requesting me to listen to it, of course, and I just hadn't gotten around to it. Um, so I listened to it. I had, I had a great time last night. I was listening to it a whole bunch, and then I realized, well, this is actually great, because the lion's share of the podcast is spent just kind of promoting Jordan's uh, music, and I thought, you know, if, if they can help jumpstart that musician's career maybe i could get some you know some bump in my stats on my Bandcamp page too so i was like i'm i'm in you know as long as i can plug that yeah. a little bit too oh yeah we haven't plugged tell me what to do yet yeah i'm so. I, I i'm wearing my shirt today too oh i have that shirt too yeah. we could have uh organized it we yeah. could have worn jordan clausen shirts yeah and so let's let's give you the old podcast bump what's your Bandcamp? Nathan. <laughs> well, yeah. So if you want to check out some, some tunes, um, the, you can go to themagician.bandcamp.com. Try to do it on one of those Artist Fridays where I get all the money as opposed <laughs> to one of those other days. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, I, uh, can I also just say Nathan's band is awesome. Like, he is for sure the, he is the best, like, hobbyist musician that I know. Absolutely. Yeah, your music's fantastic. That's I how I. Yeah. My bio says I think a hobby magician. I think or hobby musician. I think that's what I call myself. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, was that like subtle condescension? <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing: is like I actually always wished that Nathan would just be a musician because I think he's so good. Like I, like I went to, um, like I've done like some interviews at CBC or whatever in Toronto, and they'll be like. Can you recommend some like somebody that you think is like totally underrated in Canadian music? And I'll always say Nathan. 
I'll always say the magician. Oh, that's cool. Because I, oh, I do you, think Jerry. it's so good. But it's I think it's just also, again, it like kind of speaks to his personality that he'll just be like, oh, yeah, um, I love writing songs, but I don't want to like be a rock star or anything. I just want to put these songs out and then move on, you know, and then <laughs> go do, I don't know, go dan- dance. Uh, what what kind of dance is it again? Kazamba? Uh, Kazamba and Samba. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you're a teacher? Yep. Yeah, I teach uh, grade seven at a little school called David Lloyd George uh, Elementary in South Vancouver. It's a great job. Love it. Wow. Do you guys ever have a cool teacher like like Nathan? Like, I feel like if if my grade seven teacher was like a musician and a magician, I'd just be like, whoa, all my teachers were super lame. I don't um, think I, I... I don't know. I... I think that I had it like there was usually like two in every school. It's probably changed now though. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I don't know. I I just I just feel like uh I went to a, a Christian school too and and they were wonderful people, but I think generally um quite squarish. Mhm. Yeah. So lame. Did you go to a Christian like school, s- Justin? I did before I was homeschooled. Oh, mm. nice. You did a double whammy of evangelical life. <laughs> I know. I entered a deeper layer than you guys, <laughs> which yeah. was sitting in a room by myself in pajamas, lighting <laughs> tissues on fire for a couple hours. Lighting tissues on fire. What yeah, my mom that? would just put my mom would like just put me in my room with a stack of books and just be like, "Do your schoolwork, honey," and she'd close the door, and then the books would just sit there, and I I'd just be in my room and I would just light tissues on fire. <laughs> huh what was the thinking behind the homeschooling like was it like we don't trust the government kind of thing or was it just kind of like we just your mom just had a passion for teaching no my mom didn't graduate high school oh (laughs) (laughs) so uh no it was like the private christian school i was going to like wasn't uh moral enough (laughs) Wow, yeah. And to be clear, the, 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 the burning the tissues wasn't part of her curriculum that she had designed for you. That was something else? No, that was my re- that was me being rebellious. Oh, that wasn't okay. a charism? Uh, like, a, like, a, like, you know, bringing in, <laughs> ushering in the Holy Spirit fire or something? <laughs> Have you, I've never seen that before, but no. No, that was me expressing my rebellion. I had to let it out yeah. somewhere. I had to right. light something on fire. Come on. Mm, yeah. Um, but... Going back to Nathan, I'm really dying to hear what was your introduction to Sufjan Stevens and when did you realize that uh, he was the best? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me, it's tough to pinpoint, but actually it's uh, it's a kind of, if I were to kind of condense it to um, condense the kind of fragmented memories and, and put something together, it would actually probably be back to Bruce Manns as well, uh, the host of the New Lyric. So uh, he was living with my brother at the time, and they were both going to university. And I'd go to, my, to their house to spend time with my brother, but uh, my brother wouldn't have time to hang out with me. And so I'd end up just hanging out with Bruce, and we'd play chess and put some wood in the wood stove and he'd play me albums and so I don't remember if he had been playing Sufjan at that time or or it was on one of his episodes but uh listening to music with him was a big a big part of uh my life at that time so I think it was it was probably most likely introduced uh through him and then yeah I got really into it um 
at the time I, I did um I, I did track all the other artists on Asthmatic Kitty and like the Danielson family. And then there was also I was just really into um a lot of kind of kind of lo fi music. There was a lot of stuff coming out of um Olympus Washington or Olympia Washington and Anacortes Washington out of K Records. So a lot of really lo-fi bands like Mount Erie or Phil Alvarum or Phil Alvarum was Mount Erie and uh, Carl Blau. Anyways, a whole bunch of kind of lower-fi artists and, and Sufjan at the time kind of fit that aesthetic. And I think for me, it was also a, a moment where it's like, oh, this is this is music that I can make because it doesn't have to be absolutely perfectly polished. Um, so I can I can go to my bedroom and, and try to kind of come up with something that was like that. So it kind of gave me some allowed me to see myself in in musicians where maybe perhaps I didn't think I was capable because I didn't have the technical capabilities. Yeah, yeah and I, I wonder, I don't know if our younger listeners realize, but it was kind of new. Like, it was really new listening to this kind of music. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, the just indie, but not even more indie than indie. Just like, and and like, acoustic guitar like i remember listening to did you listen to denison whitmer yeah yeah uh, again not a huge fan but yeah for sure just like so lo-fi so just like somebody singing with a guitar and yeah it was amazing yeah that was actually one of my impressions too when i was listening i was like um this like like when age of odds came out i was so disappointed mm-hmm. and that's kind of actually baffling to me now because my thought process at the time was like oh, like, this is so inaccessible. But when I was Mm -hmm. listening back to Illinois this morning, I was like, this is, like, a very dense record, actually. Like, it's not, like, a super accessible record. It's, like, quite... um, I mean, I think there's a lot of repetition, which makes it, you know, you, you get to learn the melodies and stuff. But at the same time, like, it's really bizarre at times. I I remember... I remember being disappointed with it. I think huh. because with I, Illinois, yeah, because I felt like I I loved the the previous aesthetic of uh, of Greetings from Michigan and 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 Seven Swans, and so here was something again. I, I would say like from my own little self centered mindset, I'm like this is this this is something beyond me. I, I I can't arrange these these arrangements, and I can't record all these instruments. Like before, it was just him kind of noodling on the piano and 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 i've done that i i've gone into the basement in the church and 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 got emotional and 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 played a quiet song you know that's that's me this is this is way too complex for for me in the sense of seeing him as like kind of my ideal of someone i could emulate so you only like to listen to musicians (laughs) that you could you could do it (laughs) <laughs> no, but I just remember being like one one. It was I think a lot more complex and dense, as as Jordan said, and it was just kind of away from the aesthetic that I kind of loved that kind of bedroomy yeah. pop um, that yeah. I loved, liked. But there were also elements like this in Michigan too, like that Steve Reich yeah. just kind of like just like yeah. rep- repetition over and over again. I guess it was just kind of like still more balanced with the sad boy Sufjan stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Even still, I though I think that there are some like really sad boy moments on, or what is it again? Sad boy Sufjan? Yeah, yeah. There's some sad boy Sufjan moments on, on Illinois. Like John Wayne Gacy Jr. Like talk about a like, you know, like rainy day like melodramatic story. Yeah, and that's the one I feel... totally gravitated to. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, my, my favorite track for sure. Yeah, and Casimir like Pulaski in... Day. Yeah. 
Do you guys feel like in 2021, John Wayne Gacy Jr. is almost like too sincere? Like as the decades have gone on, like to actually say like, hey, here's this murderer and I'm actually like him. Like does that like it? The impact of that in 2005 was like, oh, wow. Uh, uh. Do you mm-hmm. do you feel like that could happen in 2021 or would people just be like, oh, my gosh, like that's too that's like too pretentious or too much or something. Interesting. It's really like it's a, such a sympathetic portrayal of, of of an of an evil, an evil man. And I think that I was reflecting on that as well, that. I think almost like I was thinking the song was written by maybe a heavier-handed person, and it just ended up being much more uh, a song of like condemnation. But here's this very sympathetic portrayal of being like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just like this man." And then if you, I think part of it is once you start to, like, if you just say like this man, that's one thing. But it's like in my best behavior, I'm really just like this uh, child molester, child rapist, and murderer. To describe it is just <laughs> awful. Like, how does that stand at this point? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I also just don't know if, like, even in sincerity, like, I don't know if that kind of, like, I don't know if humility is very fashionable right now. Maybe I'm a pessimist, but I think it's, it's it, I think vulnerability is more like, I don't know, kind of like being, thinking that you're awesome now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, Wow, I'm really not like I used to think that I was like John Wayne Gacy Jr., but now I know I'm a queen. Like that kind of thing. So, so do you feel like the 2021 version is like write a song about like David Bowie and then at the end be like I'm really just like him. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, why don't we uh, give a bit of background? So, Nathan, I feel like maybe you're our most educated here. No, uh, I'm not. I was terrified to come onto this show. Yeah, he kept <laughs> well, saying, he kept saying, I haven't done enough research, and I was like, really, you are, you, you probably know more than us already. No, okay. Justin was giving great facts, um, and then like great little background information that I didn't know about when I was listening. And Jordan's got like legitimate musical knowledge and he's dropping names like steve reich or whatever and i don't know who these people are i was really impressed with that joy that's a great name drop in the previous episode oh thanks i mean i i now that i know i didn't know the reference when i first listened to it but now that i have listened to steve reich i'm like oh this is like directly like it like if you guys listen to it you'll be like oh this is so obviously the influence but i hate to burst your bubble joy what the chicago wikipedia page it says his influence, Steve Reich. It does? Yeah. Well, I didn't read that just. you. you well, have... I'm just saying it's not like you invented it. I think actually what happened is uh, <laughs> some of your listeners probably went to Wikipedia to edit the page oh, based upon Jordan's yeah. analysis. They're like, oh, we this should be on the Wikipedia page. This, this genius has just enlightened us. I We're agree. already seeing the ripples of <laughs> us influencing the culture. Yes. <laughs> That's true. We're history makers. Um, but I do want to remind everyone that us thinking we know anything about Sufjan Stevens is the worst part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. But this is what I know. Uh, Illinois came out in 2005. 
it was off the heels of uh, Seven Swans and Michigan, obviously. But uh, it's an Asthmatic Kitty release. And this is what I want to pitch to you guys. This album was his most critically acclaimed, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And probably its most well-received and best-selling record ever. He had kind of a... I think it was his only appearance on the Billboard charts is with this album. Yeah. And he had that the breakout hit, Chicago, which was, I, I think, it was kind of what got people's attention. Was that Little song? Little Miss Sunshine? And I was, oh, was it? It was in Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, that, that really gave it an extra bump up. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's good. Keep the tidbits coming. I was walking today and I was listening to Illinois and I was walking the dog. And I was honestly shocked like by the yo-yo how. Trick? Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> and I was rocking the cradle too. It was so. Co- I'm kind of popular in my neighborhood. People kind of gather around. It's kind of like a junior high assembly show. Did you guys ever have that? <laughs> yeah. And I was just listening to Sufjan, and I was throwing the yo-yo around. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of amazed at how many bangers are on this album. It's like it's like a fire hose of bangers. It's like, whoa, whoa, these are classics. These are whoa. And I was just thinking, how do, like how does this happen? And this, I have a little theory to float to you guys. So Sufjan uh makes a Sun Came, which is kind of just a garage band, you know, kind of fun project. And then he makes Enjoy Your Rabbit, whatever we we don't want to talk about that album. <laughs> Sorry to that one uh, fan listener. And then he has Michigan, which is awesome. So he starts to build up confidence, starts to get a little bit like, oh, music might be my thing kind of thing. He does Seven Swans, another incredible album. I think Illinois is that perfect timing where he's not he's not overwhelmed with the pressure to perform or to mm-hmm. make an amazing album. The pressure isn't there for him to be Sufjan Stevens, but he also has the resources now. And I think the power of Illinois is he has his band come in, all of these collaborators as Matic Kitty artists and stuff. And he, I think it's the best Sufjan band to date you can almost just feel the energy of it and he just writes these incredible songs in it as you listen through and so i go the timeline was just perfect and i think after illinois then becomes the pressure to be sufjan stevens to top illinois and he does age of odds to kind of go in another direction to reinvent himself or whatever Mm -hmm. but i just kind of feel like this is the album where the conditions were perfect to make a fantastic album, and he did. That's my theory. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I don't I couldn't said couldn't have said it better myself. Just, um, I think that this is kind of yeah, it's it's where the stars aligned. I think, um, because another thing I was gonna say that I really noticed is just like, it's just so playful, you know, it's like so risky, really. Like there's mm-hmm. n- there's so much about it that's like, like it's always like, he he's he's got a great sense of melody and so I always feel like really drawn in, musically. But I don't know, it just feels like you know you know it's this perfect line between like writing great arrangements and melodies, 
but also just kind of not giving a shit either. Mm-hmm. That's like when, where great art is made, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good way to articulate what I was trying to say, which is he didn't have, he didn't have anyone to answer to at this point. Like there wasn't, he could just experiment and create and it turned out to be really good. Um, Another thing I I was thinking, and I want to ask you, Nathan, is what do you feel about the, the gimmick, the Illinois gimmick and the 50 States gimmick? Like when you approach this album, like, do you feel like it's helping it, hindering it? Like, how do you feel now thinking about this 50 States project? Yeah, I think at the time, oh my gosh, it's just coming back to my own kind of sense of songwriting where I'd be like, oh, 50 states. Like, I could just research something and, and, and write songs about that. So <laughs> writing lyrics is hard, but I could just kind of have this thing which would kind of make it impersonal somehow that I could just write about this other stuff. So at the time it was kind of, um, I think I always struggled with songwriting. So that was like a kind of a, a, a clever trick to 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 sticking words to my songs um i think now now and going over some of the songs too um i think i think that it's like a there's like a real kind of literate intellectual exercise about it which for me maybe ended up with less personal songs um Mm -hmm. than than i prefer and so Mm -hmm. it's all it is very clever uh, the 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 references he's able to to pack in and he's able to make them rhyme and how that that's really neat you know but mm-hmm. I think I've always kind of gravitated towards the songs where he is uh, I think you guys had mentioned this as well singing about himself and and he sticks himself into the songs it's not as though it's just a, an, an entire album that's just about the states but I think that was always what drew me to him and so sometimes I think I I felt hey, maybe it's a or even now felt it's just a bit clever or cute it can be kind of a bit cute <laughs> in a not great way. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. So I think you're kind of like the the most the biggest dissenter of of the three of us toward this record. Like if you like this is this record has a nine point nine in Pitchfork, I believe. Do you it, would you give it that? It's called like the greatest indie album of the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Like, on some list for me, like Age of Odds is by far my favorite. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my jaw is hitting the floor. <laughs> One of the um, things I was—I like I th- Age of well, Odds too. And part of it too, when you were mentioning Justin about the band too, and and this is again, this is betraying my my lack of knowledge. But in my mind, when when Illinois came out and the tour with the band and the butterfly wings and everything else and the cheerleading outfits, there was a real kind of sense of like this is like a super band of all these great collaborators. And then I remember in my mind again thinking like Age of Odds was like back to him in the studio by himself, noodling around with you know electronica knobs, but it was very much him as opposed Mm. to this kind of celebratory collaborative experience that illinois was and again i kind of liked it that way because it was focused on on him and his experience and not necessarily Mm. a a state project album that's interesting that you say that actually because i read a thing about the avalanche which is like the Mm b-sides um and he said that the avalanche was mostly like him like he wrote obviously like 40 50 songs or something right for this project um, and he said the songs that got cut were the ones that were either too personal about him or too literary or like too mm. just kind of like research based, yeah. you know, 
and he he really wanted to always as much as he could bridge his personal life with the state you know mm-hmm, make mm-hmm. it make it autobiographical but also kind of like this this real ode to yeah. the state so how did you guys how did you feel about like um even the fact that that Ch- that Chicago kind of blew up I, I, again I, I wasn't a huge that was not my favorite song and I understand mm-hmm. it as a single I think it makes sense but I remember being um again because you're you're 20 something years old and your identity's wrapped up in the music and then everyone's like yeah I love the Chicago song and I'm like oh but that's not like the real Sufjan like you just you, you got the the single which is meh you know I, I remember feeling a little bit like mm. that's not I, a little bit kind of dissatisfied that even that became the symbol of Sufjan because I didn't think it was <laughs> represented him in my well, mind. Huh. This is what I think. I think Illinois is like Joshua Tree. It's like U2 Joshua Tree. It's like, and you can you can be like, where the streets have no name, obviously, is like a great U2 song. But we heard it on, like I've heard it too much at TJ Maxx, <laughs> like at the change room. And so obviously it's like, it's not going to be like the song that I listen to a lot. So for me, that's Chicago. Like, I love it. I actually think it's a great song, and I enjoy listening to it. But especially with the Avalanche, where there were three or four different versions of it on there. And, and yeah, it did kind of become... And then, you know, when you meet somebody and they go, what kind of music do you like? And you go, I like Sufjan Stevens. And they go, oh, I love Chicago. And then there's kind of that big eye roll of like, oh, you're just, you're just not... A real fan. Yeah, no, yeah so the sad. 2000s hipster just comes back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, Chicago's your... Okay, whatever. <laughs> mine is like... Mine is like... Uh, uh, the the trees of the field will clap their hands yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know. That's still pretty up. That's not That's not that deep of a cut, just... <laughs> Fine, what's... What, okay, if you want to be the coolest Sufjan fan ever, what is the song to say is your favorite song? Um, I would say it's... Um, let's hear that string part one more time for the people of the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then I'd just be like, oh my gosh, they really are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Could we talk about maybe our highlights of the album, our our favorite songs? Yeah. Um, Nate, why don't you start? Sure. Um, I think for me, um, for me, They Are Night Zombies was a big hit for me. Um, And I think it's a bit complicated by the fact that, uh, yes, I think the song is fantastic. And it is, as Justin states, a total banger. Um, But following the album i don't know i imagine both of you have heard the 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 remix album from tor where he yeah. took hip-hop artists um and then um overlaid them on tracks from illinois you don't know this just no i don't know this oh. so and, and this song um is remixed with a brother ali track and it is it is so good i mean the song is already really fantastic but brother ali is um He's actually one of my my favorite hip hop artists. Trying to build a kingdom here. Walk to the store with your boy. Let's get a ginger beer. Listen here, I got some shit to sprinkle in your ear. Rip and tear the kick and snare. Whistle like Rakim was near. Independent penmanship. Sending bitch tin. And the, the lyrics that he has on this are just s- spitting so harsh and crude. Let me just let me get uh, a few clips from. Yeah, do you want to? Yeah. Wanna play it? 
So over the top of the chorus, um, where in, in Night Zombies, he says, I said, shh, heck, motherfucking heck. Ali and them <laughs> sitting on another hit. He got his fist up to the government, still trying to get his pleasure within wedlock. Son of a heck. So let me talk my sh- heck. So um, <laughs> there's little me um, just ripping to this jam, and uh, it's dirty and it's gross, but if you hear it, you cannot help but uh, be moved by it. Wow, I I didn't even know that existed. I can't wait to listen to that. Oh, it's because so good. The uh, the groove of that song is really good, and the ha ho ha ho he who I am. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's they're just spelling Illinois. Just you couldn't remember that? Are they actually? I l l l i n o i s. Yeah. I'm I'm just having my mind blown left and right because the way that I sung it was what I thought they were doing. Just a ha, ho, he, ho. <laughs> wow, you guys are really blowing my mind. And you know what? I appreciate that. That's kind of, for me, that was a song I wasn't looking forward to listening through the album today. And I, I almost thought, oh, maybe I'm going to skip this one. And then when it came on, I was like, no, this is... This is another amazing song. That's what so surprised me about this album is there really isn't much on it that I want to skip. Mm. Yeah. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Are there any other highlights you have? Well, well I mean, I mean, for me, John Wayne Gacy is uh, is a highlight. Um, I think Jacksonville is a highlight for me. Casimir Pulaski Day is a highlight. But no, I, I would say for me, uh, it's Night Zombies. And ah, I'd be curious to hear what you guys uh, say because I can't... I, I'm just naming songs that are good <laughs> rather than songs that have a particular powerful impact right now. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to the podcast, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> Our bread and butter is just saying that songs are good. <laughs> so you're in good company. Oh, I, I should say one other thing. That I, the, so going back to this album, um, Come on Feel uh, Come on Feel the Illinois Part 1, The World's Columbian Exposition. Uh, if you're interested, um, I had recently read The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Oh, yeah. Um, which is about the, the World Fair in, in Chicago. And then it also tells the story of, um, H.H. Holmes. He was like, I guess they consider the first modern serial killer. Um, but now going back to that song, uh, like it's, a, kind of a wildly different experience listening to it because the it's just packed with references and just from from reading the book it's like it's so much so much richer um, uh, hearing those references which just used to be words it's like ah oh, it rhymes and but now it's uh, it's like it's kind of as like it's like a key kind of a key to understanding uh, um, that song which was it was kind of a lot of fun to to re-listen to that song with with that, those new eyes. Hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. There's so many references. Like you can tell Sufjan really packs in references and most of them go over our heads, yeah, you know. Yeah. Unless you're unless you like do the research Sufjan did or you're from you're from Illinois, I don't know. But it's true. There's so much in here. And um it's surprising because Illinois is out of the states he's done, which is what, Michigan and Illinois, that's it. But um he is not really that connected to Illinois other than we joked on a previous episode <laughs> that he drove to Chicago. That I think that's that's it. I I read today on Wikipedia that um Casimir Pulaski Day 
I mean, or uh, the predatory wasp of the Palisades. It's not like he was at a camp in Illinois. This, these stories were happening in Michigan. He was just kind of squeezing it into uh, the theme. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so they're still like Michigan songs. But what's interesting about the 50 states thing is uh, restrictions breed creativity. Like if you just put a restriction on yourself and just be like, I'm going to write an album on this state, all of a sudden that restriction actually creates all these opportunities for creativity and all this stuff. So as kind of Jordan famously famous opinion that the 50 states is the least interesting thing about <laughs> Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> Am I quoting you correctly, Jordan? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it serves in the sense that he's putting a restriction on himself and it just creates all these new opportunities, like you said, to talk about uh, stuff that like the the World Fair or and it actually created this really incredible album, albeit uh, some of it not personal, but he still has his his uh, his own stories pop up. In there. But I do think that there is something. Uh, the thing I like about it, and I mean, I, I agree with you, Nate. I do. I prefer like the personal stories the most. Um, but I do think that there is this sense, which I think we've talked about before, but that geography is personal. You know, like mm, where you're yeah. based, um, the history of where you're based. You know, those those are all things that make up who you are. We're not just these kind of like floating vessels, completely unaffected by anything else except for our own you know, mm-hmm. in our worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I, I really appreciate about it is that, I, I don't know, I don't know if anyone, if, I don't know if any other artist has kind of emphasized geography so well and made it feel so important. Hmm. Yeah. Sufjan? Yeah, that's a good point. Jordan, what are your highlights on the album? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the opening song um, concerning the UFO sighting near Highland, Illinois... It's me is oh, yeah. just it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful piano piece. Um, it feels so natural, but what's interesting is that actually there is no time signature. He just sat down at a piano and started playing the chords. So people spent years trying to figure out how to play it, like or how to fit it into kind of a grid, time-wise. But it's it's just there is no grid. Um, and yeah, it's just so pretty. I, I really love the way Sufjan plays piano more than I like yeah. the way he plays guitar, I think. Um, yeah. he, it's just always so, yeah, so pretty and ethereal. Um, well, I remember, um, you know, hearing about Sufjan and then opening up iTunes, searching his name, Illinois just came out, and then playing the 30-second preview of this song and immediately buying the album. Because I the... The, just the first opening piano and then his voice, I just thought, this is one of the best things I've ever heard. And I immediately mm-hmm. bought the iTunes. I put it on my little blue iPod Nano and uh, <laughs> I cleaned some toilets. <laughs> um, uh, what else, Jared? Yeah, I oh, mean... Oh, sorry, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off if you want to say anything. No, no, that was, that was about it. I just think... I, I also love that there's flutes in it. I think it's like an underused instrument. I feel like everything has had its day in popular music, except for the mm-hmm. flute. Maybe the flute in like the 70s in the disco era. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever really like, you know, like horns are always kind of come and go. Um, Guitar-based music comes and goes. But where are those woodwinds? That's what I want to know. 
Yeah, guitar has definitely come and gone. There's been times when like nobody was using guitars, and then people started using guitars again, and then they, I'm they so don't. I'm so sick then... of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> when would you say was the lowest ebb of guitar use, George? I think right now is a is a low ebb of guitar use. Hmm. I think so too. I think that actually, I just saw a meme the other day. It says it says, "Stop thinking you're pathetic. There are still people in 2020." who are playing guitar-based music. <laughs> I can, I'm actually the opposite of what I was joking. I miss guitars. I want, I'm sick of computers. Yeah, you're so, so, sick of like electronic-based music. Synths yeah, I'm ready stuff. for guitars again. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a question. Just and, wait, and, Nathan. I just want to ask, was that a sarcastic comment that you made before? Yeah, I meant it to be, but I didn't. Oh, okay, okay. Right when I was saying, I'm like, well, actually, the '80s. Not many people were playing guitar, so. Um. I know guitar is a staple. I'm just saying there are times, like in the '90s, like everything was guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Venice Beach. You had that guy rollerblading with a guitar, and it's like, oh, this is so over. <laughs> uh, I have a question uh, based upon previous conversations that you had had. And Jordan, you had mentioned going to the concert and hearing Sufjan kind of uh, become quite emotional and cry at one point. And then you had mentioned that you had seen kind of online that that had happened again. And I was thinking about that and I was like, to what extent is a, is a great music performance also a theater performance? Like, we go to a theater show, we're not going to be like, oh, he cried at the same spot. That's weird. You know, like that's yeah. part of the show. And And somehow it seems kind of disingenuous. But part of me is thinking like, well, if you can create an incredible experience for a, a, a listener, um, like is is that if it if it was intentional and not genuine, is is that still a good show? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's something I th- I do think about a lot because I think there's this kind of cultural mythology around like the like around spontaneity mm-hmm. equaling on authenticity always. Mm-hmm. You know, as if like. People talk about this in music all the time. Like, it's all you gotta feel the magic. Like, you just gotta be in that right moment, and right. you know, then that's when people it will really resonate with people. But I more the older I get, the more I just think that's bullshit. I, I mean, I I do I do think that I I'm I am inclined to believe that. Like when I'm touring and stuff, and I'm saying like the same banter every night. You know, I'm telling stories, and sometimes they're even kind of like maybe in the story I'm like supposed to make a mistake or something but I do that every night. Mm-hmm. I just feel like such a phony eventually. But I think you're right. Like, I think that there is a kind of like, it, it is a, a th- it's a planned, structured craft, a performance, well, you know? Y- y- you ever like uh, go to a church and maybe you're on the worship team and you have to sit through the sermon twice? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more embarrassing than like watching the pastor do the joke for the second time and you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. and like just realizing how rehearsed everything is and now that you've sat through it twice like there is something kind of cringy about it or especially I know, if they I get, get passionate about something twice you know in the exact same spot <laughs> yeah i i think like part of i think what it needs to be i think what when it works is when it's something real that you just kind of like structure and dig into when it doesn't work is when it's like when they were like, "Hey Jordan, it would be awesome if you put your foot up on the monitor and did a solo at this part." 
It's like, <laughs> that's just not who I am, you know? But if they were like, hey, that was a really funny joke. You should tell that every time. Like, because it's yeah. something that came from the heart. That's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so well, I don't think I, there's anything wrong with Sufjan crying every show at the same spot. I I have a dissenting view. I don't... Th- I think... Sufyan's sing the specific line going back to the story is I just wanted to be near you and he's singing about his mother who died I don't think he's performing crying maybe it's just so hits his mourning grief that he just cries every time nobody That's can nobody can feel that much I think if anyone it's Sufjan Stevens <laughs> I think it's him this is coming from the the man with the the iciest heart I've ever met <laughs> <laughs> just kidding well what's funny is like i can tell a story and this is authentic i can tell a story and then when it's in a sermon for some reason feeling the people in the room or like i get caught up in the moment and i have found that it's authentic but there's something about being in a room full of people that makes the emotion like upped Mm. Yeah. So totally. I'm gonna stand up for Sufyan and just say he was crying every time, but it it's because he's just sad. Mm. It is a very, it is a very like heartbreaking lyric. Yeah. It, he's just remembering his mom, and you know, like that's the hard that would be so hard, especially because he had a fraught relationship with his mom, and then being like having this memory of just wanting to be near her. You know. Makes me want to cry did right now, be- honestly. Did you guys ever listen to P.O.D.? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was definitely... I, Nathan I was, was of- huge into P.O.D. Yeah, I was... You guys look like... If you guys... You guys can't see Nathan, but he has white dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> He's a huge P.O.D. fan. I just... Um, I couldn't get enough of Wove's, you know, ripping bass lines, you know? <laughs> I just remember... Me and my friends, like when we were really young, there was this P.O.D. song and he would go, why, oh, why did my mommy have to die? So many questions, no answers, confusing my mind. (laughs) 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 And for some reason, I will still like be in the kitchen and I'll be cooking and I'll just be like, why, oh, why did my mommy have to die? And then it'll just hit me how like horribly sad that lyric is, but it's said in such like a stupid way. Well, actually, um. I remember being on message boards at the time, and uh, Sonny used to cry every single time he sang that at a concert, just to break down. Just I know, just and, like and everybody Sufjan. was like, "He's it's performing, <laughs> he's performing it." <laughs> um, Justin, we haven't got your highlights. Oh yeah, well, Jordan, are you? Did you cover off what your faves? Um, no, on just here? just a just a couple more little things. Um, so okay. I I, I love the song Decatur, and yeah. I always have. Um, I, I'm yep. pretty sure Half-Handed Cloud sings that one. Hmm. Um, what do you mean? I don't like think that's Sufjan singing. I could be wrong. I, oh, yeah, okay. Um, or at least Sufjan, Steve, Sufjan is singing in unison with Half-Handed Cloud, I think. Well, I did a little bit of research here because I really enjoyed uh, this guy's voice. And it's... Uh, I recognize this voice from Going to the Country or one of the Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. So what I found online is it's a guy named Matt Morgan. Oh, so. And I, oh, okay. So I'm totally and then I wrong. Goog- 
I don't think it's Half-Handed Cloud, although I'm happy to be wrong. I love that guy from Half-Handed Cloud. I even emailed him once. That's a good story. <laughs> Can I just tell this really quick? I emailed the guy from Half-Handed Cloud because I was like, I just really love your faith. I just want to know, like, how did you become such a strong Christian? Wow. And what did he say? Uh, yeah. Well, I asked some other questions in the email, and he answered those, and he didn't want to talk about his faith, I felt like, in his reply. Mm. Not like a 12-point like plan, like, oh, just follow these steps, Justin. Yeah. Step one. That's one, of the more cringier, that's one of the more cringier things is I emailed Half-Handed Cloud and be like, how do you have such a strong faith? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, um, no, I, I Googled this guy, Matt Morgan, and there's nothing. There's nothing there. I don't. He just is a friend of Sue France. He sings a song on the Christmas album, but I love his voice. You're right. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So that that one I think is really great. I also think it's a great. It's a pretty personal one. Um. Mm. I like that it's just a tribute to somebody. I feel like there aren't there aren't enough tribute songs, other yeah. than of course the whole classic Tenacious D, um, <laughs> track, but. You know, like they're just like he's just like stand up and thank her, and then at the end there's like applause. He's like being like, "Thank you for being such a great stepmom. Sorry we were so terrible to you," kind of thing. That's a great yeah, idea for a nice. song. I actually, yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, I would say a highlight for me for most of my life. Whenever people would say, "What's your favorite song?" I would always say, "The Predatory Wasp of the Palisades." So to get us. Oh gosh of course it's so good and i do think it's like a great example of what we were saying of like a merging of geography and like a personal story yeah george did you ever get like you must get annoyed because i think somehow because you um had a guitar and you um enjoy incorporating kind of orchestration into your work and you have a beautiful falsetto that you just immediately get compared to Sufjan Stevens by morons like that's got to be frustrating <laughs> I've done it for sure <laughs> oh yeah Jordan he's just like Sufjan Stevens it's like yeah um it is it I mean it is frustrating I remember like at the beginning like some people told me again it was like that um it was like a well, I was young and I was getting mentored by a lot of different industry people and a lot of people were kind of like it's too much like Sufjan Stevens. Hmm. And so it, at first I was oh, like wow. quite um, insecure about it. Now I personally don't see it so much. Uh, I I love Sufjan, but I don't feel like um, I'm like, you know, listening to his records and being like, I want to make something just like this, like I did, hmm. you know, 10 years ago. Um, so I don't know if it... If, it gets annoying when it's the only thing people ever compare me to, because then I start to worry that I'm just kind of a ripoff or something. Well, not a ripoff, a, a tribute act. <laughs> a cover a band. <laughs> Jordan is a a tribute act for that would be so insulting. Yeah. yeah, I was always confused why Sufjan. Like, I, I was like, he's so cool and and so, so literate and. Why is he wearing a baseball cap all the time? Yeah, he's had some interesting style choices. Like, if probably if there is something to critique, it's like he has some strange outfits. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing that's wrong. It's those ball caps. 
Yeah, when pe- that's what what I always say when people are like, "Hey, do you like Steve Pian?" I'm like, "Love is music, but honestly, the fashion needs to change." <laughs> that's always what I say. I go the ratty hat that the curved bill. <laughs> the curved oh. bill. The bill is too curved. Isn't that what people call you, Justin? What do you mean? The curved, the curved bill? bill? <laughs> Heck yeah, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. Maybe it was a penis. I don't joke. either. I don't I, um, yeah, but yeah, they do. <laughs> um, the, but the predatory wasp of the Palisades is out to get us. I, when people ask, I it's so funny, Jordan. When people ask what my favorite song is, not just Sufjan Stevens' song, that's my answer as well. Really, it is the best song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, like from Gregorian chant till now, it is the best song. Yeah, but so Gregorian chant is a close second, then. No way. That's Those a genre. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys suck. Get get a guitar or a flute, um, and quit waking up so early this, in the morning to do it. <laughs> get a life. <laughs> this is the best song compared with all other genres. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so is. people are kind of like what's your favorite heavy metal song and i'm like the predatory wasp of the palisades is out to get us <laughs> and they're like that's not and you just refuse you're like it's the best song <laughs> i refuse to say anything else and they're like this guy's cool but i mean it does a lot of things you know it goes a lot of places it's really long but you never it's never boring it starts out really quiet and pretty and explodes oh the the end is just so triumphant and glorious mm-hmm. anyway just we need to keep it this moving what are your what are your some of your highlights <laughs> i like it when you introduce me by saying we need to keep this moving which lights a fire under me <laughs> um so you guys picked some real good ones but one that isn't mentioned yet is casimir pulaski day which is so so good um, and very sad, but I love love this song. What do you guys think? You guys like this one? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, my mom um, is a like. Well, she she was a like a Christian musician, and uh, so a few years back she was taught. Uh, she taught actually a, a class at a Christian university. <laughs> I think it was a oh, song. Wow. It was a songwriting class. <laughs> And she would always show this song as like a, an example of great, of great songwriting. But then she'd always give the disclaimer: "Don't do what he did when he almost touched her blouse." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's I, good. When I was that's go- good mom stuff right there. When when I was listening to the song again, it, it's like almost like who is the narrator in in this like. It seems like like when I'm 16 years old and I'm like, oh, gosh, like I just brushed her arm, you know, oh, I almost touched her blood. Like, I f- it feels like a very youthful narrator, a very innocent narrator yeah. to it. Yeah. And almost strange th- for like a, 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 a to, to, to kind of ensure like that's who's speaking, not an adult Sufjan who's, who's overcome with emotion at the thought of a, a touch of cotton. Yeah. I feel like... 
and I could totally be wrong, but there's so much speculation about Sufyan's sexuality. I think the clearest thing about his sexuality is he's kind of um, innocent. Yeah, in there's a such a such an innocence in this song. Mm-hmm. Of of like, ooh, <laughs> I almost touched her blouse. Ooh. In almost you kind know, of a like, sad way. It's like, oh gosh, like in a, yeah. there's got to be more than that. Than <laughs> you can do more than just touch the blouse, man. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, like a Sears catalog. We, ooh, I saw someone in a bra. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, mom's out of the house. I'm pulling that Sears catalog out. <laughs> or like in elementary school, we'd pull out uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica and just like look up vagina. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> Can I just say as um, a quick side note here? We're looking right now at the playlist on Spotify. I mean, you've got, you know, Chicago, 48 million streams. Casper Pulaski Day, um, 37 million streams. And then right above it, you have one last woohoo for the Pullman, 7,124 <laughs> streams. <laughs> now, my question is, who has just clicked on one last woohoo for the Pullman that many times? <laughs> 7,000 times. Actually... I have that on many playlists. Just kidding. <laughs> no, that would be a good for like a deep cut, my favorite song. Yeah. But I wanted to say about Casimir Pulaski Day mm-hmm. is it's a song that perfectly encaptures, I think, when you have a friend with cancer or a friend with an illness and they pass away. There's like it kind of becomes a um, the song that kind of helps, at least for me, has helped me through and kind of captured I think and I mentioned this on an episode a long time ago but I think the Tuesday night at the Bible study we laid hands and prayed over your body and nothing ever happened mm-hmm. to me is like one of the most chilling Sufjan lines ever how do you how do you read that line do you read it as a, um, a cynical line or just kind of a, a shrug or because I've been I, I think that line's quite remarkable too and I've always been kind of yeah. curious of how how I should read it as if like like an accusation kind of you know mm-hmm. or would how do you how do you hear it I think with if you take the um all the glory when he took our place but he he took my shoulders and he took my face and he takes and he takes and he takes. Oh, that line too. (laughs) So I, I kind of feel like it is a, it's really dealing with profound disappointment in God. So I feel like it, it kind of feels this like, like you're, you love us, you, you sacrifice for us, but even the idea of, but you take and you take and you take, it's just such a beautiful lament when you, it just for me it gives voice to those moments where you're just like this doesn't align this doesn't make sense this isn't congruent with Mm. Mm. a loving god and it becomes kind of so i I think that's how i read it and and i've kind of like always superimposed myself on that when i need it Mm -hmm. jordy yeah i've never really taken it as cynical i i remember actually being really kind of like relieved when i heard that because yeah. I don't know, like, well, like Nathan, your kind of religious upbringing maybe was a little bit different because you were more kind of traditional Protestant. Mm-hmm. Um, but Justin and I were like evangelicals. And so everything was kind of like, you got to believe, you you know, it, it was all kind of based <laughs> on like your inner world and your like uh-huh. your feelings and, you know, 
I don't know, like faith was this passion. And so I always, always felt disappointed. And I always felt like, kind of like, you know, I grew up charismatic in the charismatic world too. And so it would always be like, uh, yeah, none of this works, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like more or less, especially if it was like kind of praying for healing or whatever, it would always just be kind of like feel really, I don't know, just, uh, not, I mean, I, I still, ha- I still have kind of a relationship with, the, with faith in the supernatural. It's, I guess I've just at that, uh, I, it, for me, it was reassuring to know that like, there are other people who like acknowledge the fact that nothing ever happened. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and that they weren't afraid to say it. I, cause I feel like growing up, it was always, well, we prayed, but, and they died, but they're, he- they're healed in heaven. You know, like it was always kind of like said in a way that, that kind of said, but it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it, so for some reason for Sufjan to put, not put it with like a silver lining, at least in 2005 and, and ongoing that, that was quite powerful, and that song is just so good. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? To be honest, I'm. I listened to this whole album today, and I was blown away by how much I enjoyed all the songs. Um, but maybe we should talk briefly about low points or things that didn't age well. Yeah, Nate. I mean, you got a lot of low points. You don't have a lot of love for this record. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I think um, there's a lot of great songs on it. Um, obviously, you guys had mentioned the the long, pretentious titles. It, it, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Those kinda. don't age well. I don't know. I remember at the time, the time that Illinois came out, I had this friend who was kind of more like... He liked like more like kind of radio music. He was more mainstream, as they say, as they say. Like my mainstream wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, he was just kind of like, ah, it's just. I was like, D- have you heard the new Sufjan Stevens record? He's like, ah, oh, it's just too weird. I was like, weird. At the time, I was like, what are you talking about? This is like so amazing. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess think that at the time, I was just in the right I was in the right place at the right time to love that record you mm. know mm-hmm, I think that if, mm-hmm. if that record came yeah. out today I don't think I would have the same attachment to it at all um, there's so much more to like a love of art than just the objective yeah. quality of the art it's yeah. like so much about your yeah. own story too and how it intersects with the art yeah do you when um, and just to project a little bit um, so, uh, yeah, I love Age of Odds, but th- there was also a sense of, say, for instance, when Carolyn Lowell came out, it was like, um, despite the fact that I, I, I think Age of Odds was maybe my favorite, and I think it was at the time, again, because of my story at the time, I think it was, uh, I think I was going through a pretty tough time, and, and it kind of spoke to me in that sense. Um, and even though I do really love it, when Carolyn Lowell came out, it was like, oh, Sufjan's back, you know, Michigan Sufjan. <laughs> like, that's right. kind of how I, I, I saw it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think... In, in the sense of, like, who, uh, who is the true Sufyan? And and I, I still see that as, like, the true one, which is yeah. ridiculous kind of for me to kind of judge who is the real one. But for me, I'm like, that's that's the real deal. That's that's he's going back to who he is. <laughs> oh, I, I felt it's the so exact funny, same way. Because so, yeah. I've, 
you know, putting out this podcast, I've got a lot of people's thoughts on Sufjan, and there are people with the exact opposite. Some people, I've talked to people that are like, I can't stand any of the Christian stuff. I'm so glad he's off of that. I like, and they love the Ascension, and we'll talk about the Ascension another time. Like, I've talked to people that the Ascension is their favorite album, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I, it's in. It's crazy how much it just depends on who you are and what you think about Sufjan, you know? I do think that there is a bit, uh, I mean, this isn't a strict, um, anal- like a strict analysis. I don't think it's, I think there's definitely exceptions, but it does kind of feel like he goes through these different cycles. So you've got your seven swans. Uh, I mean, I would, yeah, you've got your seven swans, your carry and lols, which are more just kind of like pretty heartfelt, heartbreaking folk songs. You have your... I would say like Age of Odds and The Ascension are really similar. They're kind of more like sonically mm-hmm. experimental. Um, uh, yeah, delving into experimentation. And then I think you got the Michigan-Illinois thing, which is a little bit more like uh, frenetic. Bandy. And, mm. Yeah, and bandy. I don't think the filler tracks age well. Mm-hmm. You know where it's just kind of like a little like do 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 <laughs> in between a song yeah i always i'm just kind of like i could skip those i think george the the even the the word that you described as uh described michigan and illinois as frenetic is really good and i think there's parts in this album um that are not but i think kind of like maybe perhaps how justin was saying it's hard to like rest into this album as opposed to being able to kind of rest into to seven swans or something like that or mm-hmm, carrying Lowell. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you can't rest in, in some of these tracks. It's, it is too exhausting kind of in terms of its complexity or pace. Do you find that the older you get, that's, the more you just that's want something really to rest insight. into? Chairs, music, anything. <laughs> well, have you ever listened to an album and you fall asleep, <laughs> but then like they put this little banger at the end and it jolts you awake and you're like ah yeah and, and carry and lowell is just like perfectly consistent that album yeah in terms of that yeah. tone and you just you yeah sorry did you mean that sarcastically george that question too or like yeah i, I do think i there's i have a, a no i didn't i don't mean it sarcastically i didn't um you broke up for a second i didn't entirely hear your answer i just heard something about chairs and so i thought you were just making a joke about my question but i i do <laughs> i do think that like that is what I want the older I get is like, I just want to put something that I can just kind of, that makes me feel like I'm exhaling, you know? Whereas when I was younger, I think I had yeah. more tolerance yeah. for something that would be like, crazy, you know? <laughs> Jordan's interesting though, like <laughs> 34 years old and I'm like, ah, I don't want to be challenged by my music anymore, you know? I just want I just want my music to embrace me rather than to, to, to force me to see new ways of seeing the world. Well, we basically just said we just want something that's nice on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so that we can p- do a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, do we have time to play a quick game or should we save that for another time? No, let's do it. Okay. So to close off the episode... So my friend Stevie was recently on Name That Tune, <laughs> and uh, um, he famously is the guy that called Sufjan Sufwan, 
And it makes him mad every time I say that because he denies it, but he does. <laughs> uh, but in in honor of my friend Stevie being on Name That Tune on Fox, I wanted to do Name That Tune with you guys, a uh, Sufjan Stevens edition. Okay. So I'm going to play a track and buzz in by saying your name. And then if you get it right, you get a point. Okay. Okay. All right, ready? Here we go. Oh, um, that's Jordan. Okay. First, tell me the album first. I think it's Age of Odds, right? No, it's Carrie and Lowell. Okay. Fourth of July. All right, Jordan gets a point. We're all going to die. Yeah, it's Fourth of July. Okay, next round. Jordan. All right. Uh, oh, it's from the Ascension. I can't remember the title now, though. Is it just the Ascension? No. No. All right, Nathan, you get a chance. What if I don't want a chance? Because I don't know. <laughs> Give it a sec. <laughs> Do you like this style, Nate? Of Sue? Legitimate. Have not listened to this album. See, it is a problem, Justin. Um, like uh, now that I dance. All I listen to is um, music from Angola, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't understand the lyrics to, um, and that's monopolized most of my attention. So sometimes going back to artists that I used to really love, I'm like, oh gosh, they're still making music, and I have three albums to catch up on. Um, I'm well, really this behind. is really gonna piss off the Facebook group because that was video <laughs> game, the single oh, yeah. off of Ascension. That has a music video Sorry. and you guys couldn't get it. I'm, okay, how I'm about this very one? unfamiliar. I got to get updated. How about th this one's a bit... See, I find oh. it really, really hard because if, if I don't have like a, a pure high fidelity uh, speaker, I find it really hard to recognize. I if think it's I not vinyl, you can't yeah. really. <laughs> oh, this... Take it, George. Is it from this? Is from the Ascension, also? No. It's a. It's a planetarium. Like a, it's. No, it stands on its own. He just released it on his oh, own. Oh, um, it's about Nancy or uh, it's about Kerrigan and. Oh. Yeah, that it's called Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding, yeah. <laughs> and I just want to. Uh, remind you that the first thing he says is Tanya Harding, my star. <laughs> you still didn't get it. Okay, how about this one? I wanted to make it hard. Maybe I made it too hard. You're just showing how terrible Sufjan fans we are. Yeah, I'm not here because I know anything. I'm just here because I'm Jordan's <laughs> friend. <laughs> I have loved you for the last time. Is it a video? Guys! Is it a video? I can sing along. That's good. I don't know. It's from a movie. Oh, um, he wrote it for a movie. Oh, so you did the the other one from um, Miss uh, 
from uh, Mystery of Call Love. Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, from Call Me By Your Name, yeah. That was Visions of Gideon. Yes. By the way, did, did you guys like? Did you guys watch Call Me By Your Name? No. I haven't seen it. You Did you watch it, Nathan? No. Oh. I love it. <laughs> that was like my favorite movie that year. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. I was, like, right, I was expecting songs like, you know, Chicago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to do one last song. And so far, you both lose. <laughs> I mean... Okay, one last okay. song. All right, I need to find a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that song before. George, that's Arnica from All Delighted People EP. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that had a that had a big thread in my private Facebook group on Sufjan Stevens in February <laughs> 2019. I remember that. <laughs> Guys, hey Nathan, All Delighted People and Age of Odds—they're like brother and sister. <laughs> Oh yeah, all delighted people. Yeah, they should. It gets in that that one. All right. Well, you guys both lose, and I win. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I this. You know, as you were playing these, I was like, oh shit, I gotta start listening to more Soviets. Okay, and one more thing. How did how does someone as obsessive as Justin never see Sufjan live. I didn't understand that. Like the way he because talks. Because I live so- in Calgary. Because we have the Saddle Dome, and I, the Saddle Dome can't per- support like sound systems or something. Have hmm. you guys heard that? No. no. Because it's built like a friggin' saddle. <laughs> Nobody comes here. I'm not from Vancouver. Everybody goes to Vancouver. Huh, I yeah. would love. I c- you've seen Sufjan, Nathan? Well, that's the thing. I have, and I'm like, but. But it doesn't mean that much to me, and it means so much to Justin. Like certainly, he should have seen seen instead of me. It's just, it's just. I know. Well, I moved out of Los Angeles when I was eighteen, and then I got into Sufjan after that. So I never had, I have never had a chance. Hmm. He's never actually played in a city that I've been in. But then you've probably like gone to YouTube and watched live performances there, right? That's what it oh, sounds. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've seen Switchfoot like seven times. <laughs> they always came to Calgary. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. That I've seen Reliant K a couple times. You know what? Actually, I saw the new. I saw the. I've seen the Newsboys a lot. <laughs> oh wow, that's a yeah. That's worthwhile. Did you ever bring? I've Captain rung Crunch? in the New Year with the New Year with the Newsboys quite a few times. <laughs> I don't know why they at Magic Mountain or Six Flags they always did a Christian night on New Year's Eve. Hmm. That's so fun. I've rung in the new year with a lot of CCM artists. It's like dry grad, but for Christian families on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually heard from a band recently, like a pretty famous band, that Vancouver in like the touring world is kind of like a bit of a downer to go to. For two reasons. I've heard that. I've heard that Vancouver crowds are like brutal. Yeah. So one of those that the the crowds are not good. It's I think like a, dis, I think you mean discerning. <laughs> they're not discerning. No, they are discerning. No, they are discerning. Oh yeah. Well, they're they're, all, they're very chatty. Um, and then the other reason is that you have to like go through the border. You have to go through customs, 
and it always just kind of feels like a B show to Seattle. Hmm. Um, oh. Yeah. What was the last big concert you guys went to? Good question. Uh, tell me what to do on CD release party. Oh, that's that's a good one. Yeah, it was huge. There was probably like uh, 30 people there. <laughs> COVID distancing, in effect. Yeah, to be fair, that 30, ma- thir- 30 was sold out. <laughs> yeah, with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I don't, I go to concerts all the time. Like, it's kind of my <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm racking my brain, and I think it was Hanson at the Deerfoot Inn Casino like four years ago. <laughs> Four years ago, you were in your 30s when you went and saw Hanson? Yeah. On recommendation from your mainstream wife? Because (laughs) my mainstream wife. (laughs) But it it was amazing. We actually were in the front row. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And everybody, all it was all 30-year-olds, and they were so diehard, and they could sing every song. And the only song I knew was Umbop. And so I was like in the front row, just kind of like, just like, I don't know what to do. But then they did Umbob, and I was just like, yeah! Yeah. You're like Mr. So, Bean singing Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, but uh, I think that, I honestly, I think that was the last concert I was at. Wow. Four so, years ago. Yes. This is what happens it's, when you become a dad, I guess. And Calgary's really bad for shows. Yeah. But although the crowds are good, Jor, don't you agree? The crowds are great. But I also like used to live there and I get to see like all, all my old friends and so it's always a little bit I know, bit of you're like act. a hometown hero. Yeah. It's like the red carpet gets unfurled. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, this was a lot of fun. This was fun. Um Thanks so much, Nathan. Thank you so much for And let me just let me be absolutely honest. Man, your insights were very good, and I'm really glad you came on this episode. And it's nice to have a little bit of a dissenting opinion because Jordan and I just feel the same way about all of everything. <laughs> it's oh, no, true. It was, it was really fun. I, I thank you guys for inviting me. And uh, Jordan had always um, really downplayed the podcast, which is natural for Jordan. That's kind of what he does for everything. But... Uh, it's a really fun podcast, actually. Uh, I, I I had spent um, last night building a crib for our baby, and I, I started one episode, and then I went to the next, and I went to the next, and I was just having a great time, and my wife would look over at me as I was listening, and she wasn't paying attention as I chuckled to myself multiple times throughout the night, and uh, it's just it's a good thing you guys are doing, and it is silly because it's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> talking, but... I don't know. Part of me is part of me has started to realize that the reason that I like most podcasts is not really about the content. It's about the relationship between the host. I, I follow a lot of soccer podcasts. I barely even watch the games on the weekend. I'm just there to hear two guys banter together and, and feel like I'm a part of that conversation. So what you guys are doing is a lot of fun. Oh, thanks, oh, thanks. so much, Nathan. Yeah, that's really good to hear. Yeah, we keep hearing that us talking about Sufjan's the the worst part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally why... Nobody has said they're listening because of Sufjan. <laughs> um, but thank you. And and just one more time, it's The Magician is how people can find your music. Oh, it's The Magician and the Gates of Love. Cool. Mm-hmm. And and go to Bandcamp 
on Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, on Bandcamp Fridays once a month. Yeah, I feel like this has actually been really bad for Jordan. I mean, normally we get about like 25% of the time spent on his music, and, and we haven't talked much about his this week. <laughs> I know. I I um, I spliced in his Christmas song, and I had to spend a dollar on Bandcamp to get it. <laughs> so I was like... I was like, Jor, I just supported your music. <laughs> but you could have paid more. Do you have an option to pay more on there? Yeah, I could have paid more. <laughs> but I didn't. I paid the minimum. Because that's what people do. You remember when Radiohead released In Rainbows and you could pay what you wanted? How much did you pay? I paid nine ninety nine, probably. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just did zero. No, you did zero? Yeah. Oh, my god! What a loser, right? And I was, like, a huge fan. I was just so poor and cheap. Oh, I guess I thought you were going to make fun of me for just paying the normal album cost. No, that's, like, really respectable. (laughs) I was like, what? Pay what you want? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's the best. The, okay. uh, the arts, with, the arts are so. That, the arts are so critical. The arts, music <laughs> is so important for our society. Zero, yeah. zero. You know what's funny? Oh, and it's my favorite artist. Zero. <laughs> yeah, and I and I always repost those posts too. Like the arts are important. Don't neglect the arts. Zero. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. With that said, George, you want to send us off? Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, looking forward to seeing you next time when we cover Sufjan's great B-side record, The Avalanche. Um, please, if you enjoy this podcast, like and share. Um, I don't know if that's actually a thing you can do, but we invite you to find a way. Um, till next time. Happy trails. <laughs>